welcome to another episode of Coffee Field Rampage, where we talk about things in pop culture. I'm your host, Kylie, and with me today is Andy! Hello, everyone. Internet strangers. Alright, Andy, do you want to tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Yes, today's topic is, drumroll please, Star Wars! Yay! Everything Star Wars, well not everything Star Wars, most things, items, objects, things that have to do with specifically the prequels, uh, the original trilogy, along with the sequel trilogy, and I guess the uh, two spin-off films that have come about in Star Wars, and just talking about our opinions on them and how we perceive them to be in this current in their in their current state. I perceive them to be good. I enjoy them. I perceive. <laughs> I, oh my gosh! I have like a very mixed opinion on Star Wars. Like, it, it feels like a product. Like every time I think about it, it's always just this. The, it's always about capitalism and buying the the toys and the t-shirts and the feeling that you get when you look at Star Wars. But the films themselves, including the original trilogy, in my opinion, and granted, the original trilogy does have its merit, um, but like overall, while watching the films, they're not the greatest things ever made, in my opinion. And a lot of people laud them. They just... Oh, they go crazy about Star Wars. They want more Star Wars, and the products and the toys and the t-shirts don't help its case in making it an objectively amazing film. Now, I will contradict that by saying, yes, the original trilogy is good. However, in terms of, oh, they wanted more Star Wars, so they made the prequels in the, ni- in the uh, what, 1999 to 2005, and then they made the sequel trilogy when Disney bought Star Wars. It, the whole thing is just a convoluted mess, in my opinion. And I just wanted to unpack a lot of my feelings that I have towards my childhood. Um, like, I, a lot of Star Wars, I just have a lot of nostalgia goggles over, and just un- <laughs> debunking all of those feelings is just something that I have always wanted to talk about. Well, I have good news. We can definitely do that here today. Um, so, I didn't actually first see Star Wars except for until, um, when was it? I want to say... When did I first see Star Wars? No, when I first saw them. I was, it was very, I was in my 20s, uh still am but like it was only like three years ago that I first saw him so I think it was like right before the uh, The Last Jedi was gonna come no The Force Awakens was gonna come out um, because oh, we, yeah, right. we binged watched uh, the first three movies and then me and some friends did and then like the following uh, month when uh, uh, The Force Awakens finally came out we went and saw it so I didn't grow up with Star Wars like it seems like a lot of people did. Um, my dad was actually a really big Star Wars fan, but for whatever reason, I never watched them with him. Uh, I don't know why. I didn't like really have much of an interest. I, he, I guess like maybe he was like he didn't watch them as much when I was a kid. Um, they might have been like a more nostalgia thing for him because uh, it seems like that's the thing that Star Wars always keeps coming back to is nostalgia. Yeah, I my parents actually, uh, well, me and my parents are in the same boat. Um, I'm pretty sure both of them really like Star Wars because it came out when they were in high school at first. But again, like you, they never actually watched any of the original trilogy with me. They just sort of um, pulled it out every once in a while and just showed it to us. Um, So my story there is actually the only content that we had that was recorded Star Wars material that was available for home viewership was... A, a TV aired taped version of Return of the Jedi which edited for TV, had commercial breaks, and that tape was very well loved when I was a kid and it's like we had, it's like yeah we have a copy of Return of the Jedi specifically but that was like when I first really got into it when I you know, when I watched that movie for, for the first time but yeah. I think that Um, a lot of the time I tend to forget where that originated from where it's like I don't actually remember the first time I watched A New Hope or um, Empire Strikes Back like I granted we had the 
um, VHS copy of the TV version of Return of the Jedi, right? But it's like, mm-hmm. I don't ever remember being uh, brought into the fandom that is Star Wars. Just like, specifically, have no idea how it happened. It just was always there for me. Um, and because of that, I've become incredibly cynical towards the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Film school didn't particularly help these feelings, but I feel just that, like, it's always been part of my life, and it's like, everybody loves Star Wars. Like, saying that you love Star Wars is like saying that you love the Beatles, or saying that you love Google, or breathing air, for crying out loud. It's like, everybody loves it, and it's just a part of everybody's life anyway. So, like, I, I feel like I have really nothing much more to add other than just its current state, and just how I think the prequel trilogy along with the um, sequel trilogy from Disney a lot of it just sort of feels like a product anyway um, and that that's just that's kind of where I'm at with the entire franchise. No that definitely makes a lot of sense and I like how you kind of touched on like uh, capitalism and a little bit and about like how things just keep getting made it kind of seems like uh, <sighs> I don't want to say, like, exploitive of the things that we love from our childhood. Yes. But definitely seems like there it, it could have just ended with, like, the original trilogy, and the prequels never needed to happen. We didn't need to know Anakin Skywalker's <laughs> backstory. We didn't need to know anything about him. We didn't need to know that much about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We, uh, I appreciate oh no, that I, we know that much I, about I, Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we didn't <laughs> need it. And... Technically, didn't even need like the current sequels. We we technically don't need them. Yes, um, because they're it's all supplementary. It really is. Not to say that like I don't enjoy them because I do, um, but it definitely feels kind of supplementary. Something that a friend of my, mine and I keep talking about is uh, his complete and utter lack of excitement for the movies at this point. So when he first found out that they were like revamping it and like giving it a whole new story arc and everything, he was stoked. That was the entire reason why I watched Star Wars in the first place because he was like, Kylie, just watch it. You'll love it. Like, let's go have a good time with it. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So we've watched them and I enjoyed them so much. Like I have a Leia cosplay. I have a Ray cosplay. Like I enjoy <laughs> these two things a lot. I like these female characters and I want to be them. Uh, it, but it's just a lovable thing. Like it, and it really like is. Even, yeah, even with the sequels, even with I, God. Okay, I'll say it. Like for the sake of the internet and all of its wonderful glory and also the terrible things about it, I just want to say really quick that it's enjoyable to love this thing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not, it, it's it's never out of the mind when you know, you see a kid with a, a glow stick swinging around, it's a lightsaber, you know, like it, yeah. it, it's sort of, in it's it's entire its entire cultural icon has been burned into our brains and it's controlling our society and Disney has made it worse by adding all of this new content and all of these movies for the sake of money however I think that that is still a very enjoyable thing I'll say right now I really enjoyed Force Awakens I thought it was great um, a lot of people say that it didn't particularly um, like it, it wasn't really expanding upon anything because it sort of put a new mask over the plot of A New Hope but I think that it was original enough to where I could be satisfied with it just because it was good after all after the shock of the prequels trilogy and how oh my God, people yeah. <laughs> ended up just hating it so much for, you know whatever um, but I'll put it this way so along speaking of the new movies I think that it was best put when my friend and I were driving home one night and she and I had just somehow the topic of Star Wars came up and she said to me that she thought the prequels were better and I kind of did a triple take I was like what 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 are you talking about and then she just said well the prequels were better because of the special effects the special effects were and then I, I don't know I guess it really just depends on who you ask because like my opinion is I don't like the prequels I think they're terrible and it doesn't matter if the effects are better because at least to me the story is really what matters and 
I don't know. And I definitely I think, think that, that the story in the prequels is very convoluted. Like, it doesn't really make a lot of direct sense. Like, you're kind of, it's like they're kind of like pulling right. a bunch of different strings together and like braiding them loosely to like try and make a full movie, but and like a three series movie. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't all quite come together properly. And it tried its best to really be what Star Wars, I guess, was back in the day, but it, I guess. It, it's its own curse, and I. This is the other part that I wanted to get into. Really, is that like, it's really. It, it depends on who you ask. It's like to some people, Star Wars is Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Leia, and Darth Vader. For others, it could be you know, I suppose for this current generation, some people may literally say that they look up to Rey or uh, Finn or Poe Dameron or whatever. But it's like. Um, for me, it's always been Star Wars. It, the target demographic is obviously middle-aged to older folks, only <laughs> <laughs> because this entire franchise was birthed upon these unforgettable characters. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what will happen in like twenty to thirty years when you know children from today will grow up and they'll remember the sequel trilogy to being with you know what mm-hmm. they grew up with so um i want to say that cinemassacre this youtube channel he made a video about you know star wars reviewing it and everything about the prequels and all that um he gave a really good question at the end of his video saying like um something along the lines of how would we expose these films to our children so granted um this was around this was before the disney buyout so he was asking that question for one two three four five six or should they watch the films four five six three two one i'm sorry one two three um and i just think that it's important to just shun the prequels entirely (laughs) as bad as that sounds um because i'm of the opinion that like even though the prequel, like they're just there. They're not really great, and I don't think that they accomplished what they were supposed to. But that's this is all to say that they pretty much um, don't need to, to exist, or that story didn't really need to be told at all. It was all done for the sake of money. Yeah, and if it needed to be told that badly, then it definitely could have been done within one movie. Like we could have seen Anakin's rise and fall within one movie. That would have been very Absolutely. easy to do. However. Yeah. We were given a gift in the prequels. Yeah, what's that? Padme. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I just yeah, really like like does. her entrance where she's like, that's not Padme, I'm Padme. <laughs> You're going to jail. <laughs> the protagonist identifier among a female audience. See, that's the other thing. It's like, um, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Red Letter Media. And they made, like, oh, God, Kylie, you have to watch this. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I don't think Um, so. A lot of my inspiration and, like, and I align with their opinions, too, but they talk about the prequels. They made, like, a seven-part video reviewing The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Oh, it's great. They use a lot of satirical points, and they make a character review. It's very entertaining. Um but I I don't remember if this was for the Phantom Menace video or if it was for I think it was for the Attack of the Clones video um, but they talked about like demographics in Star Wars and Samuel Jackson is black and they just made this touch point where it's like okay so Star Wars started off as like this whitewashed cast and then they started becoming really diverse just to appeal to more general audiences um I am in the pin. I I just really think that's fascinating how this how they just curate this franchise to be literally for everyone, um, and it's not like it's an issue or a problem. And I I think diversity in Star Wars is great. Um, I think it really becomes an issue when people like start talking about it. Like they literally say, "Oh yeah, this is uh, well." people will say yeah this is such a great thing but I I just think intuitively I just wish people would just kind of stop saying that because like yes it should be there and it should be present but it doesn't really need to be a touch point for I I mean I don't know I just think that a lot of a lot of people overthink these movies and that's just another thing of overthinking and a, a lot of the sequel trilogy it just has a lot more of 
um, you know, they, they cast a lot of, they just include a lot of diversity. I think it's fine, but it's, people just keep talking about it and it kind of just gets on my nerves in a way, I guess. I don't really know if it needs to be stated or said. It just, it's, if it's there, it's fine. Um, I forgot how I got on this talking point, by the way. I kind of got on it. (laughs) It happens. Um, Actually, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, obviously the Oscars were this past weekend. uh, Yes. And my coworkers were talking about um, like the movies that had won and everything and my one coworker brought up how like people are constantly harping on the uh, on the academy for not choosing films with more diversity in them like it seems like it's like they seem to follow a formula for what wins every year um i don't really watch the oscars so i have no idea uh i don't really keep up with what's been nominated what wins i i don't care (laughs) uh that's 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 not what i'm devoting my time to but uh another coworker brought up that if more movies would just have a little bit more diversity in their cast uh then or like if the nominations were just a little bit more diverse then like what's the popular formula for a movie okay <laughs> these are all the nominations because they all fit this popular formula kind of like uh, how current pop songs are they all fit a sure. certain formula um right so like if you just br- if they like branched outside of like these movies that just fit this formula then nobody would have to like mention anything about not having enough diversity within it if like it was just an inherent thing if then nobody would nobody would say anything about it but it's not an inherent thing so that's why people keep bringing it up i i I just think that um my friend and i have this term um and i mean it's been used other places but i call it oscar bait where (laughs) um they will purposefully bring up social issues and that's fine like if they make a statement about that sort of thing but it's like what but if you're doing it me, just to get an oscar maybe you should yeah. read about what you're doing yeah to me what matters is the movie like it, it shouldn't and th- the same goes for star wars like they every uh man okay uh full admission like they bring this up in the red letter media video as well but like mm-hmm. what's stated is basically I don't it doesn't matter if a comic book stated this small detail or this other problem about the movie that you're supposed to know what matters is that Star Wars in my opinion is supposed to be a self-contained image and the prequels kind of ruined that entire thing by bringing about the most evil part of Star Wars the expanded universe oh, where yes. all sorts of contradictions happen and it's just so funny to me that of course Disney buys uh, Lucas you know like the rights to Star Wars and immediately decanonize the expanded <laughs> universe <laughs> and it pissed everyone off so much understandable and, oh, yeah uh. um yeah, I, I I don't know. Like it, I I just think it's funny how there there and I mean of course there are contradictions within the expanded universe and people would write their own fan fiction and stuff and it's like and I'm pretty sure that if you gave like the nerdiest Star Wars fan in the world the like the keys to the kingdom to do whatever he wants if he tried really hard enough, he might even be able to make a better film than J.J. Abrams did or Ryan Johnson did with Last Jedi. Um, that's another talk. That I, I think about that a lot. It's like if you gave enough fans with the know-how and the prowess to make an actual Star Wars movie, I wonder how good it could actually be. That is an interesting question. But then you mentioned yeah. fan fiction, and then you followed it with that, and I'm like, man some of these nerds sh- that are like writing the fan fiction should not be directing movies <laughs> I-, I have a firm stance really... on that one yeah no I don't really read fan fiction or write fan fiction myself so it's mm-hmm. an understandable dichotomy <laughs> uh, people, I... I mean, there's some weird stuff out there but it's I like... read a lot of fan fiction um, nobody yeah. should be producing movies based off of it <laughs> like maybe maybe anything... three people <laughs> maybe Mike. My... Maybe, but I mean, at the same time, it, it should be within parody. Like, if because oh. that is the only way, in my opinion. Like, I there's some extreme stuff out there, and I don't even I shudder to think about the possibilities of what could exist. But it could be bad either way. 
Just saying, man. I'm sure there's a lot of it out there with George Urbanks. I haven't searched oh, that. I have no God. idea. But I'm sure it's everywhere. Um, speaking of Jar Jar. Yeah. Uh, a question from our audience. I posed some questions today. I know you saw it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Andy? Why Jar Jar? <laughs> Wait, can you ask that question again? I think your mic cut out. Why Jar Jar? Oh. Yeah. Uh. The, the thing about Jar Jar is it was obviously, like, people say nonstop that he was just the, um, I don't know, the pull for the children to see, like, the really little kids. Um, and it, it, it's so formulaic and disgusting to the point where everybody turns out that they hate Jar Jar, but I don't know, maybe George Lucas had this idea where it's like, oh, okay, well, I need to appeal to really little children for this, you know, for Phantom Menace. Um, oh, so that, I just had a thought. Yeah. Do you think he was meant to be, like, what Chewbacca is to Han? And then it never panned out? Um, well, that depends. It's like, who is Jar Jar's Han Solo equivalent then, would you think? Oh, that's a good question. I guess I wasn't thinking that far. I'm trying to, like, recall the movie as best as I can, and I don't remember. Um, well, okay, so Jar Jar was just this random character that Qui-Gon ran into by saving his life kind of accidentally, just because Qui-Gon, I'm assuming, has a moral compass that is strictly north, right? He so is he, the most lawful of goods. Y yeah. He, it just seems like he just did this act out of kindness because it's the Jedi way and then Jar Jar after being banished from his hometown because everyone hates him supposedly because of how annoying he is um, instead just follows him around because Qui-Gon might even be the only friend that Jar Jar has yeah um, so why Jar Jar is the question I think that yeah it's a money pull but at the same time a bunch of nerds got together on the internet, and I call this hear me out, I call this Twitter journalism, because anybody can write an article and have it published, and somehow it gets, just the headline is what matters, thanks to Facebook destroying our society. It's like uh, it, people write the headline, Jar Jar was actually a force uh, <laughs> sensitive creature. When I read that headline, I did a triple... I basically... My jaw went to the floor. I thought, like, okay, this is... This has to be a joke. Um, and it kind of was, for the most part. Like, when you read that article, it's mostly ridiculous. Um, but... But people in real life started talking to me, and they took it seriously. And that, that is where I start to have problems here. It's because, for the most part, they're, I guess they're not, like, people take Star Wars way too seriously in order to weigh in having an actual opinion instead of, you know, reading it at face value. It's like, haha, guys, Jar Jar was a Sith Lord this whole time. It, it, I just hate that notion so much. It's like, he was just a comic relief character in a movie. He wasn't... <laughs> people are reading way too much into it by believing this evil headline that was published somewhere and it just it bothers me to no end when people unironically state that he was totally a Sith Lord okay but you have to admit that the logic that was pulled to even make that argument was genius like it's just the fact that like somebody yeah. like dug that deep to find something to support their <laughs> argument. That also kind of goes to show you, like, that is, like, the downside to reporting and uh, news and journalism and stuff like that, is that you are not, like, actual journalism where, like, people are actually, like, taking their time and getting, right. the, like, both sides of the facts. And Oh, they took uh, their time. That's the other issue. They totally spent way too much time in spoons on this entire... <laughs> to, like, validate theory. one side of an argument. Like, good journalism validate, can validate both sides of the argument to bring, like, one whole formed opinion. Uh, well, well, or yeah. it, 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 That's outside the point. Um, but somebody sure. actually took the time to dig that deep into, like, just small little things 
to say this is it. This is this is what's happening. You know, why would they animate this in for an animated character if it's not a real thing? What would they do that for? It's like I don't know. Somebody got bored. It kind of proves my point a little. Where it's like everyone reads so far into these movies to the point where it's not even fun anymore. I've completely gotten over Star Wars. Like, and well, The Last Jedi didn't particularly help that case, but I think a lot of the time when people talk about Star Wars, maybe, it, like, the conversation can go one of two ways. Um, they will state their actual true opinion, or they'll try to come up with something and try to make it seem like they're being controversial just to say something about it. Um, when really, it's just, like, the movies are there, you can have your own opinions about them, but, man, when I was a kid, like, I'm talking probably 11 or 12, I had a friend, Connor, and mm-hmm. Connor, he's a cool guy. I, you know, I really look up to him sometimes, but it's like, a lot of the time, he would argue about really stupid menial things in this universe for, like, absolutely no reason. And I think around that time, that's when I started, like, just thinking about how I assess these movies and how they've impacted me positively. But it's like, I've never really had, like, anything negative to say about it at that point until he started arguing with me over just, like, stupid stuff about it. And then, like, a lot of it had to do with... Jeez, I don't even recall many of the details about it, but it's, like, the fact that people will go to just no end about these movies is just the mind boggles Just to prove it. that they're right. It's ridiculous. That, that and my other friend Joe, he coined this awesome term by just saying... Um, he just called it Star Wars Apologists, <laughs> where they will defend the prequels for the sake of, oh, this trill, you know, just putting it on a pedestal, saying it's this giant perfect thing, when really it, it, it's a huge crap. It, it, it's just a cash grab for the most part. It is definitely a cash grab. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand. It's like uh, George Lucas and J.K. Rowling are on the same level as far as like just adding absolutely insane things just for the sake of having an expanded universe oh man don't even get me started on jk (laughs) rowling dude i'm so sick of her (laughs) i have been wanting to bring that up for like 10 minutes (laughs) yes good okay um well the conversation can stop there with it it's fine but i've been wanting to bring that up for like 10 minutes it's like you said expanded universe and i was like you mean like jk (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i think uh, i'll put it this way i'm in a facebook group called um asterisk shakes fisk asterisk joanne and it's a parody slash um complaining group about harry potter and everything that jk rowling adds changes or subjects her audience to and it's so it's such a mess to watch and I can't wait for the day that Disney inevitably buys the Harry Potter franchise oh god no it's going to happen no it's going to happen but I don't want it to happen (laughs) well okay so when I'm 40 years old I guarantee you that there will come a day where that entire franchise will be bought and maybe it won't necessarily be from Disney but like there will come a time where the Daniel Radcliffe movies will be remade entirely um like that's not out of the realm of possibilities here within our lifetimes I think um the same could even be said for Star Wars like I'm I mean, it might not happen, at least for Star Wars, that might not actually happen until, you know, in my lifetime when I see it. Um, It all just sort of depends, but I definitely see a day where these movies just, just everything is just completely um, milked from it that it possibly could be. Like, I I can, I'm sorry, I just see that there will come a time where people just sort of forget about it. 
And that's very sad. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Trust me, I don't either, but it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, the way that I see it is that um, Disney and the CEO, I forget her name, um, they were already making some, like, you know, all the negative press about the solo movie. Yeah. And how that, how it was like they changed directors and writers and creative vision was mm-hmm. changed several times about it and things like that. I just think that, like, the source material for Star Wars, the, for people, there's not a whole lot to go off of other than making seven, eight, and nine. Like, that's it. Rogue One was awesome and people loved it because it was you know they literally showed people what they're used to because they want to see the same thing over and over Um, i sobbed for 15 minutes in like for like the last 15 minutes of that movie sitting in the theater surrounded by my friend her friend and my friend's sister Mm -hmm. and like tears are just pouring down my face because it was like (laughs) it was like the end of it when like everybody was at spoiler alert Everybody dies. You see yeah. it at the beginning of the first Star Wars movie. Um, we know what happens. So everybody's well, dying. I'm sobbing. I'm a complete and utter mess for the last 15 minutes. We're trying to like walk out of the theater. I'm right. still crying on the way to the car. I don't know what oh. happened, but like the floodgate just like got pushed down, and I just couldn't <laughs> stop crying. I was like, "What is happening? That was awful. That was a great movie. What's going on? Why can't I stop crying?" <laughs> I have my I have my own reserved opinions about Rogue One. It's like I could write a book about every single opinion that I have about all Oh god, what are we at? 9 of these movies. Almost and, 9. Yeah. No wait. Uh, well, 10 soon to be this year. Yes. There's no trailer, there's no title. We have no evidence about the ninth one. Um but oh, for That's Rogue right, we one, don't. Yeah, I well at the time of the recording of this podcast we don't know anything like who yeah. knows maybe watch just like something will drop tomorrow thanks to you know mark my words. Honestly, um, I kind of want like just a release date and no other information. I would same. love to go in completely blind. That's why same, I don't same. watch trailers. I don't do anything like that. Like I've got oh, a really? friend that like is always watching the trailers for these things and I'm like I don't want to watch it. I want to go in blind. I don't want to expect anything. And I think he's especially uh I think he's starting to stay away from them cuz he's especially uh pissed about uh the last Jedi because like people yep. were speculating and it made it seem like uh, some like somebody had leaked something, and mm. so people were like, "Oh my god!" Like this big thing's gonna happen that he was like got super excited about, sure, and then they yeah. cut it, or they what? it was like never a real thing. No, uh, what? I'm not uh. sure. I can't remember exactly what it was. I'll have to like figure it out and tweet it. Um, by the way, the podcast okay. Twitter is at Coffee Field Rampage. Uh, I do yes. kind of updates every now and again. I'm still not super great about updating that, but I'm trying to be better. <laughs> um, it's hard to run two accounts at the same time. Man, it's, it's hard so to run difficult. two accounts when you don't even run one. <laughs> but he was especially mad because it was something had gotten leaked and it either got cut or was actually never like in production to begin with it was just like an idea that got leaked uh and then people were like so mad because it didn't actually happen and then i think that's like caused him to i think that was part of the reason why like he's getting disenchanted with the series um and this Mm -hmm. is somebody that like i've always equated with star wars starting to get like disenchanted with it because like now we've got the Mm -hmm the sequel trilogy going on but then also the standalone movies and I don't know it seems like it's like they've gone into like berserker mode with it just because Disney wants more money we can keep going back to Disney we talked about Disney like on the last episode a lot Um, (laughs) I love Disney so much a lot of (laughs) I they are doing some weird things lately and I'm starting to get a little like sketched out because they're like just buying up everything like your your prediction that they're gonna like buy Harry Potter is too real I don't like it it's going to happen I don't want it It, stop it yeah (laughs) no same but like it's no secret that this entire thing has been well okay not the entire thing but it's like they knocked it out of the park with Force Awakens like Force Awakens I think is great um but for Last Jedi, when Ryan Johnson had the reins and then we finally saw the movie, I left with more to be desired. And it's like the same thing, ugh, like the prequels, everything in that movie just felt 
curated for the sake of nothing else other than, you know, to ruffle feathers here and there. You're not going to please everyone, and I got to give credit to Ryan Johnson for perhaps starting something new or breathing new life into something that felt kind of old. But then Mark Hamill himself came out and said, uh, I don't like this movie at all, and there were just, like, problems there. Um, so it just really makes you think what Disney's thinking when they actually did this, and it, I guess it just proves that, like, you can't throw money at something to solve all of your problems. You're... You know, you're one of the biggest corporations in the world, and you've cre- you have all of the power to make new freaking Star Wars movies. But then it turns out at the end of the day, like it's added to the canon, and it's all said and done. And I'm still disappointed with it. Well, in terms of just Last Jedi specifically, like that kind of killed my enthusiasm for the entire franchise. There were really high highs in that movie, but there were also really low lows. Um, I just felt like there was so much about it that could have been better, and I can't exactly put my finger on why. Um, perhaps it was the ending, or there were some scenes that should have been cut. I, at this point, I'm just it's a toss-up for me. Yeah, I am intrigued to see what they're going to be doing going forward. And like you said, we're getting the ninth movie in December, and we haven't heard a single thing. Um, yeah, it's so kind I'm, of, and like I, w- I was kind of thinking, okay, we're going to have... Um, <laughs> like the Super Bowl commercial for it, but I guess that never happened. Clearly not. Um, I yeah, I'm kind of wondering what they're planning on doing with that because like they're gonna have to start releasing things soon unless they do want to do a blind right opening with it. But that would be like that would be such a weird thing to start now. Like if you were gonna be doing that, then you should have started it from the beginning of this trilogy. Um, and even thinking of more of the problem and more of the mess. Carrie Fisher passed away a few years ago, yep. and that is very sad. And I I was saddened to hear about it, and just, like, thinking about the current state of the Disney Star Wars franchise, because, of course, that would affect what was going on. J.J. Um, Abrams' plan is to use footage that they already have with Carrie Fisher in it, and then just, like use that in episode 9 because episode 9 was slated to be uh, Princess Leia's entire, like her arc her character fully blossoms and I don't know just a lot of other stuff happens I suppose but now that she's gone and it's very sad to see this happen it's like maybe Disney is in a hole and it's a very difficult situation, they decided not to replicate her in a CGI there's just so many things about it that could have did go wrong at this point and I'm just trying to think of like what could possibly happen in episode 9 where they shape the plot around existing footage like they it's gotta be a difficult situation um so going in blind I think is going to be the best move here cause like I don't really I don't know maybe the franchise can be redeemed because it was started with JJ and it'll end with JJ but it's like I really wonder what direction they're going to take that in. I am kind of wondering that, too. I'm definitely intrigued to see what's going on. Also, I know that, like, only, a, like, earlier this month or late January, they finally just fi- uh, finished up filming. Um, yes. So I'm sure that's probably part of it. That's probably why they don't have anything. I just remembered that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting to see what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to answer some more questions? Yes. Oh my gosh, we got off track way too far. It is totally fine. <laughs> um, uh, the Jar Jar one was just an opportunity. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is coming from one of my Facebook friends. If you had to recast Obi Wan with someone besides Ewan McGregor, who would you pick incorrectly? Okay. Um, first of all, I love this question so much because I have a lot of different answers. Um, so I'm going to go with my top two. Okay. And the, of course they're comedy actors. They absolutely have to be. Well, yeah. Okay, not necessarily comedy. Okay, so my first thought was how funny would it be if it were Ben Stiller? Um, I, <laughs> with exactly uh, Zoolander on the mind, thinking of a Jedi, just Ben Stiller, because Ben Stiller is a really short actor. He, I'm pretty sure, is shorter than Hayden Christensen. So I almost spit out my hilarious. water when you said Ben Stiller. 
<laughs> right. I almost spit out my water. It, it's just, oh my god, it would be so funny. Just, uh, I don't know. Oh my god, it would be a ter- <laughs> It would be a terrible casting choice, obviously. But I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. My second choice, which is a lot more like plausible, is Toby Maguire. Um, yes, I grew up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I grew up on the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yes. And Tobey Maguire was magical in them. Like he is absolutely wonderful. Um and I know that he dropped out of acting, but like the timing is a little perfect for him to be and like at the time the prequels were made, he could have very easily been Anakin, I'm thinking. Um I could see that. I, obviously he wasn't, but it's like can you imagine um, I know that they planned the uh, Obi-Wan movie. Um, if it weren't Ewan McGregor, imagine if it were Tobey Maguire. I think, I, I like, he's thinking of Peter Parker. It's like he could be playing a very timid, uh, just nice, nice guy. Um, and, like, Ewan McGregor is it's a lot more... Um, like primal energy just as just sort of as just as a manly confident dude he's um, got the swagger like, he's, he's got, got a swagger. Pat. that's right <laughs> imagine toby Maguire in that role though <laughs> how ridiculous that would be just kind of uh, awkward that- a little gangly you know yeah, just kind of like yeah. wandering around just jumping down saying hello there and then <laughs> not it doesn't fit for but him imagine that is toby Maguire, like when <laughs> the Raimi memes and the prequel memes collide together and I'm pretty sure they already have um, oh I'm sure no my answer there is definitely Tobey Maguire I, and Ben Stiller of course but it's like Merge I can't them decide together. what would be better <laughs> just just like Cronenberg uh, it just get them both together and then you have your new Obi-Wan <laughs> not only that but or I mean hell like you could just have Tobey Maguire and Ben Stiller as Anakin and Obi-Wan um, <laughs> it'd be ridiculous, but th- I don't know. <laughs> it would be no. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'm thinking no. No, <laughs> brain does not like. All right, uh, we got a serious question followed by a less serious question. Yep. Do you feel the retcon of midichlorians uh, added or detracted to the mythos of the Force and its interactions within the Star Wars universe? Okay, that's a really lovely question, and I feel like people are going to know the answer to this had they listened to my earlier opinions on the prequels. Yeah, um, I think detract, obviously. I think well, we that didn't really touch on the midichlorians at all. It was just kind of the... We, yeah. we didn't touch on that specifically. We kind of did like an overarching thing. So, yeah, give us specifically oh, okay. about the midichlorians. Okay, so... Like, do we really need a biological explanation about something that now hear me out the force and just it's all mythology it's all supposed to be mysterious and it's like this the fake scientific explanation in the sci-fi movie takes me right out of it and it took me to be an adult to kind of realize why, like, what was going on. But I just sort of feel like it's just so unnecessary and completely flips the entire, um, like, the, the, the reason why the Force is supposed to be in the movies is to have this, I don't know, end-all, be-all mysterious faith that the Jedi have. Like, it's just part of who they are by letting them basically have mind control powers. Um, but explaining that through germs is just not the right. <laughs> it, it just completely, it completely distracts from the entire. Oh, I I hate it. I really hate it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will agree with me when I say that. But it's just I I don't like it. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. All right, you guys, you hear it here first. Andy hates space germs. They give you psychic they're, powers. <laughs> they're dangerous for you. They they ruin your childhood. And it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, midichlorians are. I don't like them. No, no, they're stupid. That's dumb. Exactly. All right. Last question. Okay. 
What genre of music did Max Rebo and his band play a lot of? Um, okay. This sounds so more like a trivia this, question. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure who that is. I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, you know what? All right. Let's resort Corey, to the lovely internet. Corey, if you're listening, we have nice. no idea what's happening. Uh, who's Max no. Rebo, Corey? Oh! Oh! I just Googled him. Andy, He's, who's he, Max Rebo? Kylie, you should Google him right now. Okay. Instantly recognize him. Okay. Max Rebo. Oh my god! <laughs> Max Rebo was the heart, or at least the fluid sack of the band that bore his name. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, they uh, look okay. like they okay, do so a lot of we, swing. N- now that now that we have context, yeah, swing is definitely one of them. I just think it's funny that we put a face to the or a name to the face at this point. I never thought this day would come. Um Okay, so Max Rebo's band on Jabba's um uh in the palace and on the the sail barge. Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of uh, think about like what a space wedding would look like. <laughs> he might have been hired as a crony by Jabba like full time just to play music the entire time or his the entirety of his existence. Um, I mean, isn't that the dream? Just, it, it, well, I guess, but like you'd work for Jabba though, and that no one wants to do that. I he guess. is gross. People, I don't know. People in space might have different space morals, I suppose. <laughs> um, uh, if I had to pick a genre, I don't know. Um, it's not the genre of music that I like, per se. You know, it, it could be, um, Desert Fi, I suppose would be one. Uh, Is that an actual with... genre, or did you just make that up? I, I no, I totally made that up. Okay. Like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, there's a lot of different genres out there, and that could totally be a real thing. It could be like a subsect of like bluegrass, <laughs> desert well, vibe, yeah, bluegrass, I mean, bluegrass. Well, well, you've seen Return of the Jedi. You've seen the music that is actually played on the sail barge, and it's pretty funky, you know. So, mm, I'm gonna go with. Okay. So this is all under the guise that they, in space, like the people in Star Wars, like Jabba and <laughs> Max Rebo, I suppose, um, they have their own genre of music. It, like they, rock, it's the same principle as like rock music to them is something completely different. Like thinking of the Cantina Band and, you know, it's its own world per se. Mm-hmm. With that being said... Like, I don't want to preface this by saying, you know, space funk or space whatever, but I'd imagine that their genre of music, played by Max Rebo's band, is basically space funk. Um, And the reason why is because, like, listen to it, it is what it is, but pretty strange to listen to, but yeah, that, yeah, it's basically a wedding band playing space funk the whole time. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I could be remembering this incorrectly. I don't know how to cite my sources. I don't know where I heard this. But that uh, Cantina band? Yes. Um, they didn't play jazz. They played jizz. That <laughs> is a really complicated argument. Um, what, wait, what makes you say... What I makes just, you say that? I just read that somewhere. Oh. <laughs> That's what I can bring I wonder- to the table. <laughs> I well okay so along with like that like to expand upon that a little mm-hmm. um while making and I need to preface this by saying like this is just another idea that I had about Star Wars in general but remember that Star Wars and its original just concept is not at all what the final film was at least for episode 4 um so like George Lucas had this entire argument where like specifically in the costume department you'll notice that Princess Leia I'm pretty sure or the, mm, Carrie Fisher did this interview where she said there's no underwear in space and she asked why and like George Lucas made it a point there's no underwear in space yep um, so like I don't you know could genres of to music death. and 
Yeah. Um, well, not only that, but it's difficult to listen to and think like, okay, yeah, Cantina Band did not play jazz. And maybe it's because it's its own Star Wars space genre music. It would be the same as like going back to Harry Potter. Um, like in uh, the fourth or fifth, no, the fourth book, when there was that like wizard band that was there playing their own weird genre of wizard music that is like unnatural to us because it's not in our world. Mm-hmm. It would be basically the same thing as that. I don't have a counter argument or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Agreed on everything, I suppose. I don't know. Um, well, that's the thing is like I d- I knew that I wasn't going to come into this episode with like a super great argument or like anything to like really be a- oppositional to. Um, oh, that's simply because okay. I'm like I said I'm really not into that like that super into like movie lore and everything. Um, but I mm-hmm. do feel like I've learned some stuff with it from this episode, which is what I enjoy doing. That's why I wanted to do this podcast so I could learn some things about pop culture. Sure, thank you for letting me share my opinions, and I hope that I didn't I didn't make all of you mad i mean i just i don't know like i have kind of worn thin of star wars but i still love it at the end of the day i'll let it go on the record that yes star wars is something that it's like ah last jedi really ruined it for me hey i'm still gonna see episode nine so like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's always a draw and it's always a product but like it's still part of my life thanks to childhood nostalgia and that can never be taken away from me. It can't. George Lucas is going to try, but he can't take it away. <laughs> right, yeah. Or, well, uh, the CEO of the evil Mouse Incorporation. But, uh, you know, hey, hey, we'll we, we, we can't talk that badly about Mickey. He he will find <laughs> us. He will shut this podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> We've already talked about a topic that everybody knows and loves, but technically Disney owns the rights to it. Yeah, so, but this might be if, the last episode. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, as long as you don't... I mean, I would highly suggest you don't use the theme music for the bumper music for this podcast only because they will shut you down immediately. Like, the Disney lawyers will find you and just rat you out like that. (laughs) They will get me. No, it's okay. I'm using the same music for every episode, so it's okay. Um, (sighs) Thank goodness. Okay, so I think that's everything. Uh, Do you have anything that you want to plug, Andy? Sure. Um... You can find me on... Oh my goodness, I forget my own Twitter handle. <laughs> I like to tweet really funny things sometimes. Um, I laugh at my own jokes because I'm terrible. But uh, my Twitter handle is at Herb. That's my last name. Um, e is an Echo, R is in Richard, B is in Boy, underscore E-X-E. So Herb E-X-E, I'm Camel Jam. Sometimes I tweet funny things. If you're into reading my random stupid thoughts, then you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter. And if you want to see uh, just things related to the podcast occasionally on Twitter, whenever I remember to post, uh, it is, again, at Coffee Fueled Rampage, uh, spelled exactly the same way it is, it is here. Uh, do you have any any side-offs that you want to do? Sure. Maybe um, I guess may the force be with you, and please don't read too much into these movies, because I promise you it's a rabbit hole that you should spend your time doing other things doing. I hear that. I'm going to toast to that. All right, guys, thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the Coffee Fueled Rampage. I'm your host, Kylie. With me again this time was Andy, and I hope that you all have a wonderful day.